Welcome to Rising Moon Astrology. This is Mary Pat Lynch of Rising Moon Astrology welcoming you to my podcast. I release podcast episodes for each new and full moon, occasionally for other special astrological events, but generally the new and full moons, which are my focus. My website, risingmoonastrology.com, has information about the readings I offer as a consulting astrologer and some other information about my background and astrology in general. I'm also on Instagram as Rising Moon Astrology. And I have a newsletter if you'd like to receive this information in your email inbox. The music that you hear is composed and performed by flautist Suzanne Tang. The track is called September Angels, and her music is available through magnitudes.com. Just around dawn tomorrow in my eastern time zone, we reach the full moon in Pisces, which is a very magical full moon. And this is the overview for that. But late tonight, Mercury will station retrograde. And so as part of this introsection, I'm actually going to talk a bit about this retrograde because the more I look at this particular Mercury retrograde, the more magical it looks to me. So Mercury is about to stop, turn, and begin retracing their steps through the zodiac. We already know this is coming because Mercury has been slowing slowing, slowing this last week. Time for us to pause as well. Slowing our perceiving, processing, and communicating, which is Mercury. Happening so close to this full moon, with the moon in Pisces close to Neptune, we anticipate a softening, a blurring. Details might seem unclear. The picture takes longer to come into focus. These next weeks, we'll feel frustrated or anxious to the extent we need precision now. Mercury retrogrades are all about the rewords, and possibly the most important one for this retrograde is relax. Do we need to know this right now? Does this decision have to be made right now? Maybe it does. So we do our best and trust the outcome will be good. Don't sweat the small stuff. 
as I said, the more I look at this retrograde, the more magical it appears. Mercury will be dancing with Jupiter and Venus, the two planets that connect, expand, encourage, and create. The dance with Jupiter happens in oppositions, exploring how we balance self and other because they're happening across the Libra-Aries axis. Remember that Jupiter is retrograde and will be retrograde this whole time as Mercury goes retrograde. So, the first opposition was back at the beginning of September on the 2nd at 6 degrees Libra and Aries, Mercury-Jupiter opposition. The next one will be September 12th at 4 Libra and Aries with both planets retrograde. The final one will be October 12th at 1 Libra and Aries. In other words, just after the autumnal equinox. So during this whole time, you can see with these degrees, 6, 4, and 1, they're not that far apart from each other. So one of the themes for this Mercury retrograde becomes that intersection, that interplay, that balance between self and other. The dance with Venus is even more complicated and happens in conjunctions. Now, let me point out that as this retrograde begins late tonight, Venus and Mercury are pretty close by degree, but they're in adjacent signs, which in traditional astrological frameworks means they can't see each other. The term is averse, which sounds like they hate each other, and that is definitely not the case here because there is a lot of mutual reception between Mercury and Venus during this time. Mercury is currently in Libra, which is Venus's sign. Venus is currently in Virgo, Mercury's sign, mutual reception. In addition, as they are currently in the first decan of each, there's also rulership there that engages in another mutual reception. So they're talking. They are on the same page. They are supporting each other. Now, the connections, the conjunctions, actually call all the way back to Venus's retrograde late last year in Capricorn. That retrograde, when Venus spent so much time in the sign of Capricorn, was huge. It was for me personally. I know it was for many of you. A time of really looking at how we're grounding our um, relationship stuff with people, with values, with creativity, with the wider social sphere. And also looking to the past, which is part of the Capricorn vibe. So, the first Mercury-Venus conjunction I'm going to mention actually occurred on December 29th of 2021 
at 24 degrees of Capricorn. At that time, Venus was retrograde. The next conjunction will happen on September 26th at 26 Virgo. Mercury will be retrograde. The next one will be November 21st at 7 degrees of Sagittarius. And the last one in this series that I'm going to talk about today will happen on December 29th, same date, 2022, at 24 Capricorn, the same degree. And this will be the day that Mercury stations retrograde for their third and final retrograde in Earth signs this calendar year in Capricorn. So Venus and Mercury will meet again on the same calendar date in the same degree of the zodiac they met one year ago. What that says to me is that we are not quite done processing, thinking about, feeling our way through, deciding what it all means with that Venus retrograde in Capricorn late last year. We're still working through it. I know I am. And I suspect you may be as well. That Venus retrograde was a huge deep journey into how we structure relationships, our creativity, and what we value. Mercury's reminding us we're not done. We're still working on it. We are looping, twirling, gracefully exploring deep territory. And it's one that I believe we're being invited to do consciously with intention and with trust. And as I was prepping this, I was reminded of something from my own past that totally fits. And so I'm going to share it here, which is that for a number of years, I was very involved in the dream work community. The particular style of dream work presented through the International Association for the Study of Dreams, which holds that although, you know, we can learn themes, we can learn symbols, we can understand patterns, we can share with each other and learn and support each other, that ultimately each of us is the expert on our own dreams. So there's an emphasis in this style of work of respecting the experience of the dreamer and sharing feedback in the if-this-were-my-dream framework, always bringing that back to the recognition that the dream we're working on belongs to someone and only that person understands its value. So as you can imagine, this community of dreamers includes many who have delved very deeply into their own dream life. And the one I want to mention today is Cynthia Pearson, who is a pioneer in lucid dreaming and who is also a pioneer practitioner of long-term dream journaling. And I mean long-term, long, long-term, decades. She presented work years ago in which she described what she calls arabesques, 
where if she coded her dream journaling well, a very intensive effort, which I admit I do not do, um, she was able to see, to learn, that dreams from decades before might echo, might prefigure, might point to dreams and happenings in her life that would happen many years later. And so she is an advocate for and a champion of understanding that our psyches deal with very long time cycles, that our logical, everyday minds are not even aware of. So Cynthia Pearson, P-E-A-R-S-O-N, arabesques in dream work. And to me, that way of understanding how we know, how we experience, and how we dream is very much a part of this full moon in Pisces. So let's dive into that and see where it takes us. the full moon in Pisces, which means this moon will appear most full tonight. Don't miss it. This is the harvest moon, barley moon, corn moon, fruit moon, the honey offering moon. Although it's a few weeks away, this is the full moon closest to the autumn equinox, which means the full moon will rise closer to sunset than usual, visible as the sun dips below the western horizon. This moon will rise between Jupiter and Saturn, two of the brighter planets in our sky. If you have a clear view to the east, you will see this. This year's Pisces full moon falls in the second decan, which Austin Coppock names the net, a place where we seek happiness and find it when we can reconcile the day-to-day world with the wider realities in which we participate. With the sun in mid-Virgo, this makes sense, bringing together the earth-based world of nature with its cycles of birth and death, with the Pisces sense of an infinite expanse extending in all directions, is what the Virgo-Pisces polarity is all about. The cosmic side has extra mojo this year. We see Neptune conjunct the moon and opposing the sun. The connection is seven degrees apart, which is a bit wide, although it's well within the 10 degree orb used for the luminaries. Yet Neptune is misty, diffuse, inclusive, and enticing. Their influence often extends both wider and deeper than we anticipate. 
Also, this is a mutually applying conjunction. As the moon moves toward Neptune, and Neptune retrograde moves toward the moon. Neptune is the modern ruler of Pisces, adding another layer, if one were needed, of influence. We are in mystical territory. The usual cautions relating to Neptune are important for tonight and the days around this full moon. Emotions are likely to run high and may be tricky to track back to their sources. Honor what you're feeling and honor what those around you may feel without expecting logic or cause-and-effect connections to be clear. We are all likely to be more sensitive. This relates to emotions, but also to medicines, as well as recreational or spiritual substances. Go light with whatever you choose to use. Or better yet, allow this full moon to connect with you on their own, without additions. Creativity will be flowing. This is a time to allow, support, and explore. Go with the flow. Literally, right now, that's the thing to do. Planning, scheduling, folding this inspiration into a business plan. Mm, None of these are good or necessary choices. The closest aspect to the full moon comes from Uranus and the nodes of the moon. Uranus and the north node in Taurus trine the sun and sextile the moon. The south node, naturally, does the opposite, trining the moon and Neptune and sextiling the sun. This keeps us tied in to the karmic pathway represented by the moon's nodes. The north node in Taurus points to desires for security, stability, and an abundance of earthly things. Loyalty is a key Taurian value, but comfort is as well. This is the place of the good life. Uranus, spending a long time with the north node right now, shakes that up. We still want those Taurus things, but we can't get them. Or at least... They're not available reliably or in the way we're used to. Or perhaps not in the ways we feel we deserve or have earned. Uranus is upsetting. The south node in Scorpio reminds us the past is never past. A place of support and healing or a place where patterns of trauma trip us up. Scorpio reminds us we cannot move forward in the ways we desire without diving deep into what is hidden in the past, our past, familial past, societal and cultural legacies. This Taurus-Scorpio nexus is troubling. Eclipses happen along the nodal axis, providing further shakeups to our fixed ideas about how life should work and what our lives ought to look like. This full moon in Pisces invites us to soften toward all those difficult, weighty issues. A full moon in Pisces conjunct Neptune offers the full range of ways to soften. We can bliss out.
the substances I mentioned earlier, other addictive patterns we might have, simple avoidance, all are Neptunian Piscean ways to zone out. If done appropriately, without excess or harming self or others, that's fine. We all need breaks, especially when reality gets heavy. And we're also offered a much wider view. Sometimes challenges seem smaller when we put them in context. What seemed impossible to nine-year-old me has now become real. Having that timeline perspective helps us not stress about current challenges. This full moon offers the most expansive context possible. What if you looked beyond the timeline of your current life? What if you considered moving outside the concept of time itself? That changes the picture for sure. The sun in Virgo provides balance. Here we're brought back to the basics, the everyday details of life, food, shelter, self-care, care for others. While there is tension here, we can feel pulled between daily routines and cosmic perspectives. There is no conflict, or at least there need not be one. We are physical beings living in a natural world. That all comes with certain needs and limits. Yet within that physicality is something more, imminent, intrinsic, arising, unfolding. The modern world wants to deny what is beyond and tether us to the physical. This isn't healthy, as the state of modern society so clearly demonstrates. Yet we're told only the physical is real and deserves all our attention and effort. Tonight's full moon in Pisces says, there's more. The beyond, the invisible but felt, the magical, awe, wonder, communion with our world rather than dominion over it, connection, all of these are our birthright. This is who we are. And this is the promise and invitation of this full moon in Pisces. This is Mary Pat Lynch of Rising Moon Astrology, and I'm going to close tonight with something a little bit different, too, in that I want to say something about the images that I'm using for the posts related to this full moon. So if you're only listening to the podcast, this might not be relevant, but on the other hand, you might want to check out my blog or take a peek at Instagram, but the blog especially, because there'll be more images there. Anyway, I stumbled upon Midjourney about a week and a half ago. Midjourney is one of the new 
AI-driven image creation apps. This particular one is most easily accessed right now through Discord, the social media platform that began mostly for gamers, but is used by tons of people for lots of reasons. You put in keywords. You can start with an image. And Midjourney generates more images. I was fascinated. I put in, um, what did I put in? Midnight and moon and forest and moth. And I was fascinated with the results. I was charmed. I thought, oh my goodness, I am so using these for the full moon in Pisces. Then I listened to the Astrology Podcast's introduction to September. And when they all were talking about um, this full moon, very early in the month, but, you know, part of September, Chris Brennan said, oh, this makes me think of these new AI apps that generate images. And I thought, yes, yes, they do. And... um, my first batch ever, not my last, but my first batch ever, are highlighted in the blog post for this full moon. So, enjoy. I wish you the most magical and awe-inspiring and wonder-filled full moon in Pisces you could possibly have. As always, thank you for listening.